Hello and welcome to yet another brilliant BAFTA panel. My name is Elle O'Silly Wood and I'm just going to start off with a bit of housekeeping. So first up we have got live closed captioning for tonight's masterclass so if you need that please check down at the bottom of your Zoom screen you should be able to select it down there. We're also going to have a Q&A so that will be in the final 15 minutes so you can submit your questions all the way through and we'll try and choose a selection right at the end. Apologies in advance if yours doesn't get chosen we do just have a limited time but please submit all the way through we will get to them right at the end of the panel which today is looking at call of duty so obviously it is a juggernaut in the gaming world and it has now been translated into a BAFTA award-winning mobile game call of duty mobile so here to talk to me today is Chris Plummer who is Activision's VP of mobile thank you so much for joining us it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very excited to talk to you because I have to say I was uh, I was actually on the um, panel that picked the EE Mobile Game of the Year uh, finalists, and this was one of my picks. I was so excited to see Call of Duty hit mobile, and a little bit trepidatious because obviously it's a game with a big reputation. For anybody who isn't kind of you know familiar with just how popular Call of Duty is, can you give us some facts and figures? Well, Call of Duty has been one of the most popular video game franchises for over 15 years. So even if you talk to non-gamers, they've probably heard of Call of Duty. Um, I think people have come to love sort of this really reliable, high production value, super tight control, um, really, really uh, frenetic uh, gunfights. And, uh, and, and over, over the series, introducing uh, iconic locations and multiplayer experiences that people really come to to rely on um, so it has a unique flavor and we're just really excited that players uh, enjoy it so much so you kind of mentioned there that that call of duty experience and i love that you said frenetic because i was actually trying to describe it to somebody earlier and i thought that's exactly it that kind of fast-paced frenetic really really kind of uh, slick you know first person experience and so bringing that to mobile you know i imagine is quite a challenge because when we think of mobile games perhaps unfairly you know they have a reputation for being the lesser you know uh, section of the gaming industry when actually we're seeing you know that that isn't really the case and call of duty has been one of the games that has really kind of pioneered that so what were you looking to what were the kind of characteristics of the call of duty experience that you knew you needed to have in a mobile game well for us, like the best compliment we could ever get in a game like this is for people to say, wow, it feels like I was just playing Call of Duty. And that's the mission. So in order to, to you know, break that down and figure out well, what does it take to bring uh, a true Call of Duty experience, you know, it starts with really taking the, the greatest hits from the franchise. If we go back to Black Ops series, Modern Warfare series, um, even Ghosts, uh, we've tried to take the best content that players know and love. And this is stuff that's been you know, battle tested over the ages. So it's, you know, the map designs and things are just super airtight. And we wanted to, you know, start with like that sort of environment, that setting that people know, but then it really gets down to the gameplay is the most important thing ultimately. And we have to have super tight controls. Um, that's a challenge on any platform. I think in, when you're bringing something to mobile that is known for having such tight controls, you know, it just takes a ton of time and iteration and, a lot of player testing with uh, with you know real players who can get in and, and try it out and give us feedback as so we can continue to iterate. 
So I think you know having the controls, having the locations, and then the production values is another big thing that people you know depend on and or expect to see in a Call of Duty game. Um, so making sure that the content is is really kind of triple A quality from all the way through and through, and that's uh, that creates its own set of challenges again on any platform, but particularly in mobile, um, where players aren't necessarily as accustomed to having sort of triple A caliber. Uh, visuals and, and and full presentation, so that uh, that takes a lot of care and effort to to make sure that, that can come across right on the small screen. And you know when we do our jobs right, you know players will will feel like they're playing Call of Duty. It's just in their pocket, and and we want people to have that sort of familiar uh, experience when they play Call of Duty Mobile. Of course, we have seen mobile games with Call of Duty elements in them before. So, you know, what made you want to go all in? What made you decide, you know what, we need a Call of Duty mobile that is everything players would expect from a COD game? Well, at some point you've, you've, you've got to say, do we have to make compromises here in order to deliver this experience? I think we were at a point where we felt like we really didn't need to make compromises. Uh, is really just a lot of uh, discipline and taking attention to detail and the things that players expect from the franchise. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't do it, you know. And I, and I think that's why you haven't seen a, a an FPS uh, with Call of Duty on it that's multiplayer, that's all of these things before, uh, because we really wanted to make sure that we could deliver something authentic. And I think you know our our team is kind of a global team has been able to really make that happen. And whether it's um, the initial experience when you play um, to the you know, amount of content that's always coming into the game to keep it fresh and the live operation of it, the cool activities and events, all of this like feels familiar to people who, uh, who play Call of Duty. And if you haven't, you know, we're going to introduce it in a way that we think lives up to everything that people uh, know and love about the franchise. So obviously you say, you know, that you feel like this was the, the kind of first time you didn't have to make compromises, but, you know, what were the biggest challenges? Because, you know, it is, look, it's a BAFTA award-winning game. It feels incredible, but I assume, as you said, a huge amount of iteration and, you know, just try, try, try again has gone into making it feel like that. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's a lot of try, try, try again, and just making sure there's tons of uh, iteration time on gameplay play testing on feel on balance um the you know some of the things you think would be the challenge like you know, it's on a smaller screen but you know mobile phone screens are now quite high fidelity um they they have a lot of pixels in them and the, there's a lot of rendering power there um it's really the ux is another big challenge you know we think about like how do you um you bring all this feature richness into a user experience that you can you know easily Inter interact with and Call of Duty games traditionally have a ton of not just content but modes and lots of options and lots of configurability. It's a very custom experience, and you know we had to deliver that too. So I think the UX is something that you know was probably one of the bigger challenges and making sure that you know players can interact and get to what they want to get to. And it's something honestly to this day we still iterate on and improve. And people who have been playing the game for a while probably notice us continue to make those kinds of improvements because you know the, there's always new features coming in and you can't just kind of throw them in there. They have to kind of it has to all flow together elegantly. So between you know controls, um, UX and, and really I think another challenge is just the amount of time it takes to create the content at the level of fidelity and the level of detail and performance that we need to deliver a real authentic Call of Duty experience. That's 
that, that's a lot of uh, challenge <laughs> to unpack into a new platform. And I think you know, we're at a point now where, where we're kind of humming and uh, hitting it on all cylinders, but it, it was challenging to get there. And of course, you know, you said there that you've kind of um, you taken uh, player feedback into account as, as you know, you've been kind of going along and iterating. And obviously you're at, I think, if I'm correct, 250 million installs. So obviously, you know, you launched, you had that initial period where everybody was blown away and did think this is as good as we dared to dream, you know. How do you then keep them engaged? How do you make sure that they don't just bounce off, bounce off the title? Well, live operation is really the, the you know, heart and soul of, of what keeps the game interesting and exciting day after day. So it's one thing to get the gameplay, the core sort of gameplay experience to a level that really can engage people and, and, and get them uh, you know, coming back for more. But for us, it's like not enough to just have that. And I think for our players, it's not enough to just have a great experience for uh, you know, the first few weeks. There's an expectation that you know, the game's going to remain fresh. And whether it's new modes, um, and we're frequently trying new modes in the game, uh, new maps. There's a ton of new maps that have gone into the game, um, new event types. Um, tons of new weapons and characters. I mean, every month we've, we've actually switched our uh, live cadence. There's, a, there's an example of one of our recent seasons, once upon a time in Rust. We've switched to a monthly cadence on these seasons and you can just see the amount of stuff. This is one month that's introduced fresh and new into the game, whether it's all new maps, whether it's the modes, the characters, the weapons, the, all this stuff. And then boom, every, the next month starts, we have a whole new theme, whole new set of content. Uh, radioactivation is a season that just ended. So for those of you who are playing, um, you probably collected uh, a lot of this stuff already through playing and engaging. And we just launched a brand new season kind of last night today, uh, which is The Forge. So this is our brand new season. It has a little bit more of a kind of a Mad Maxi vibe to it. And, and we think that players are kind of enjoying that too. So there's the core Call of Duty kind of just mil-spec authentic feel at the the sort of the underlying uh, backbone of the entire game content. But then we inject some interesting themes on top of that that allow you to kind of bring those same uh, weapons and gears and characters into uh, new environments that tend to carry a, a theme. And the events are now starting to carry into those themes. And the players are giving us a ton of feedback on it. So this is really helpful for us because as we plan out future seasons, we're able to get a, a pretty, um, you know, a, 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 well, like a treasure trove of feedback from players who are constantly telling us, you know, which, what things they liked about last season, what things they'd like to see uh, better or different. And so hopefully players are, are, are noticing that improvement month after month. But this is how we keep people coming back. And this is really, you know, that and just ongoing you know, tuning and improvement to the core experience. So obviously that's a much faster pace than we see in kind of the, uh, the console versions of Call of Duty. So what's it like kind of creating content that you want to have, you know, it's Call of Duty is a prestige title. You're looking for a certain level of polish and finish. What's it like having to do that, but on, a, you know, to a much faster pace month after month after month? Yeah, well, it, it takes a lot of advanced planning and the, you know, the challenging factor is trying to marry that up with the ongoing player feedback that we're always receiving too. So sometimes we will change things pretty late in the game uh, because of some feedback that's come in. Um, in order to just try and get it just right. But we also have this advantage of being this unique Call of Duty game that's kind of the best of the, kind of the greatest hits of the franchise, that we have a, a ton of content that we can uh, draw from. 
So if we need, you know, someone who's, you know, fits a certain archetype on a character or a new type of weapon or something, there's a good chance there's something in the archives of Call of Duty that's already been you know, battle tested that we can we can bring in and sort of, sort of provide an accompaniment of, uh, of other related thematic items with it and, uh, and, and to try and deliver on our, our monthly season cadence. But it is challenging. I mean, the, the team is they're around the clock and, it, and it, it's, it's exhilarating. You know, it's a ton of fun. I think they're, they can feel it. it. Getting that kind of real-time feedback from players makes it all worthwhile. And, and we're getting better at it too. So I think, you know, we always feel like each season is a little bit better than the last. So let's talk multiplayer, because at the end of the day, that is something Call of Duty is known for. And yet it's not something really that we think of with mobile games. You know, when we first started to get these, uh, you know, very high level polished mobile games, they were kind of single player experiences. You know, they did not include hundreds of players at one time. And yet that's such an important part of the COD experience. So how did you translate that? What was key for you in making that multiplayer COD multiplayer? Honestly, the MP, we kind of internally call it MP, which is like the suite of like five on five uh, modes predominantly. There's some other, we have, uh, you know, 2v2 gunfight and some other modes that are also kind of at that same level of like intensity. Um, that was, that's where we started. I mean, that, that was the thing that we wanted to get right. And it is what people think of when they go back through the annals of time, like their favorite Call of Duty game. It was those moments playing MP with their friends that, and their rivals that they remember the most. And so uh, that was our top priority. Um, we had MP up and running and sort of getting that to fun before any UI was anywhere near, <laughs> near presentable, before any other modes that you might have seen in the game were even stood up. Um, and, and it continues to be the thing that we hammer on the most. If, if you play uh, any other you know, games in the space, Call of Duty Mobile is very unique in offering this, this type of gameplay at such a level of quality. So we, we are proud of that and we also feel like it's a responsibility to make sure we keep it that way and, and keep it uh, tight and fresh at, at all times. So that's where we started and, and the control is really, you know, goes, this kind of touches on controls because MP is so frenetic to use that word again uh, and, and visceral that um, you, the controls just have to be super tight. And that forced a lot of decisions, I think, early on, on focusing on control and so forth. And the gunplay, everything kind of interacts with that. But one advantage we have, I think, is that so many of the maps were sort of battle tested by uh, previous Call of Duty players and previous Call of Duty games that we were able to just adapt them slightly uh, to mobile to make sure the performance was there and make sure that the you know, the frame rate, the responsiveness, the flow, everything was, was just right. But it's you know, largely uh, what you would see if you were firing up uh, the same map on a, uh, on a big screen. And so obviously, can you talk a little bit more about controls? Because this is the bit that I think for me, I was really excited about because I really struggled to imagine just how that was going to play out. Because, you know, that kind of, um, you know, Twitch heavy, you know, gunplay is is so much part of Call of Duty that I just couldn't imagine how, you know, I was going to do it on a screen, how it was going to feel with a finger. And as you said, you you have managed to capture that, I'm saying it again, frenetic feel. So, you know, where where did you start with that? What Where do you begin, you know, creating a whole new control system for such an established game? Well, 
there are many, many control schemes on the cutting room floor that were tried. And I think it's, it's sort of a process of elimination uh, married with some things that were sort of standards that we're starting to develop. I mean, some of the core aspects of the controls have been around for a while and, and it feels like the audiences have really kind of evolved in their tastes and willingness to, to try certain things, right? So, um, I mean, dual stick is even a question mark, you know, four years ago, whether people would want to play a dual stick shooter. But, um, but we were able to kind of hear what people liked and didn't like about those experiences in other games and then start to refine it for Call of Duty Mobile. The, uh, you know, fortunately, we have you know, over a decade of experience at, at the company on lots of little tricks and things you can do behind the scenes to get that feel right on other, using other control systems. Um, and we were able to kind of apply that to Call of Duty Mobile. And ultimately we ended up deciding on two different primary control uh, systems in the game because it's just such a personal, intimate taste thing that you, it, it's really not one size fits all. And so we, we have sort of our, um, our sort of basic control scheme that handles some things a bit more automated way, uh, but it also has some disadvantages. So I think when people you know, play it at first, like, oh, wow, I can kind of auto fire with this. So I'm just going to wreck everybody. But the people who really know what they're doing can play in the pros controls and they know how to lead a target and they can do some things that auto firing won't let you do. So I think the, the best players will actually, you know, use the, the more advanced control scheme. Um, but then from there, there's almost like a third level, which is you can absolutely configure the controls in a um, hundred different ways. And so there, we have our kind of two main control schemes that are what most people use, frankly. But if you really like this button over here, you really like the fire that, that way, that those uh, customizations are available to you. And that's, again, another Call of Duty kind of uh, classic element is to, uh, to put configurability in the player's hands so that they can uh, play the way they want to play, but do it in a way that's fair uh, when they're uh, engaging with the rest of the community. So I think, you know, for, for us, it was a combination of heritage of the franchise, learning some of these uh, tricks on how to unlock really great control and being able to adapt that to mobile through a lot of iteration, a lot of play testing, and then providing these two different entry points so people can onboard easily and a lot of people stick with that with with those controls or go into the advanced mode when they want to, you know, get a little bit more clever in how they play. Well, if we're talking advanced modes, if we're talking those pro controls, esports because you know that call of duty if you grew up with call of duty you grew up with call of duty esports so how have you integrated that into this newest version of cod yeah so the uh, call of duty mobile world championship uh, presented by sony aspera is happening now uh, it's got a one million dollar prize pool um for us we see this as a super exciting way to uh, sort of unlock the inner com competitor and all of our players. They're already competing every time they play the game. They're just not competing for a prize, right? So by providing this structure for people, and it's a really cool structure where there's um, qualifying, uh, sort of our first stage is qualifying. So we have solo qualifications, then you get into team qualifiers and eventually into regional qualifiers. So there's multiple ways to get into the qualifying. And then you move into our championships, which will be uh, toward the end of the year. But right now we're sort of at the end of our first set of regional qualifiers and the beginning of our second set of solo qualifiers. And anyone can actually qualify. All you have to do is fire up the game and play in our ranked mode. So we've had ranked mode since the very beginning. And you know, ranked mode is 
Um, it, very special, you know, we set the rules for it. It's a level playing field for everyone. It's our most competitive way to play. Um, but now you can actually aspire to and qualify for getting into our world championship just by playing the rank mode the, the normal way. And uh, we're getting a ton of great feedback from players. We've had a lot of people signing up. Um, so we're really excited by it. Uh, and it's also a learning experience for us because we want to see kind of how players react to this because it's ingrained inside the game. It's not something you go, you know, and, and play somewhere else. Um, it's all basically built off of our uh, internal ranked mode. So, so that's continuing. It started uh, at the end of April and will continue um, the, the, uh, the uh, final phases where we get into the postseason will start in uh, end of September, early October. Um, so people can fire up right now, fire up the game and still get in on the solo qualifiers. And if you uh, score enough points in ranked mode, you can form a team and then get onto the team qualifiers and eventually regional. Uh, so it's very cool. Um, we're, we're excited to, to just see how players like engage with it. And, and we also are also offering prizes uh, for engaging in it as well. And there'll be more about that later. There's obviously the million dollar purse, but we're offering other uh, ways to engage in earn prizes uh, through the uh, world championship. So uh, more on that, uh, fire up the game and you can see how it all works today. How does it feel to see, you know, people professionally competing in essentially this brand new version of your game? You know, is it is it exciting to just to realize that people have taken to it the way that they have? Oh, we we get a big thrill out of just watching uh, the content that gets created around this. So, you know, the people who are the elite competitors like to show people their elite competitors. <laughs> and so I, I personally enjoy watching the trick shots and some of the the things that they can pull off because it's just, you know, I, I consider myself okay player, but when I see them, it's just, a, it's, it's inspiring. So to watch the level of competition um, is it, pretty cool. And, and I think people have found themselves in the, uh, in the regional qualifiers that maybe never thought of themselves ever as like, you know, an esports athlete, but because we've integrated into the game and it's just, you know, what do you got to lose? Just go ahead and sign up and start playing in rank mode. And, um, I, I know people every day are like, man, I'm level 150. I smoke every time in the seasons. I think I'm pretty good. I'm like, well, then try it, you know, and then they're, they're doing quite well. So I, I just like that, like unlock, unlocking that um, competitive spirit in our players and, and trying to reinforce it, give it a bit more authenticity and, and is, is pretty cool. And so we're not done yet, though. We'll see how the rest of the season goes and I'll keep watching. So what tips do you have? I mean, not for me, I, you know, I'm definitely one of those pro level players, but you know, if you, if you've got people who, as you said, kind of signed up at that entry level point where you are just kind of using auto aim, you are uh, auto shoot. What, what do you need to be doing to get better? What, what, uh, you know, are the kind of customization tips and tricks that are going to help you level up your play in, in COD mobile? Yeah. I think the main thing is just to keep playing the core loop of the game. So in, in, in COD Mobile, and I would try ranked play because you know, ranked play takes a lot of the uh, decisions. Uh, we make the decisions for you, like you, you know, the maps and things like that are already decided. And you'll get a good um, representation and get to know a lot of maps that way. Um, but the, the core loop is really like you're, you're playing, you're choosing your weapon, and then by playing with that weapon, you're, you're leveling it up, and that unlocks more attachments to it. Everyone can do that. It's a it's just a grind to do to unlock those things. So it's it's pretty cool. All you have to do is put in some hours. Next thing you know, you've got all these different attachments to choose from, and figure out for each weapon 
you know, what's your personal play style? So some people like to, you know, get a scope on there and get, you know, long range and other people will take the same weapon and prefer to just use a, a laser sight and you know, for really quick, uh, you know, really quick attacks. So you can configure your weapon a little bit, almost like that's your character in a way. Um, and, and just get to know and get to get to know each weapon archetype and get it, get to know the feel for it. And that's my recommendation for people because you you might be surprised by the weapon that you end up liking the best. And we have so many different weapons in the game that you can go through that progression and you can level up each one of those weapons, unlock the cool things. And we have a we have some really neat new features coming online for weapon progression that I won't kind of get into details here, but if you can get familiar with how our weapon leveling works, which is essentially unlocking cool attachments, um, we're, we're continuing to invest in that uh, weapon fantasy and and uh, you know, players tell us that this is the, pretty much the thing that they care about the most in the game is like their, you know, how the weapon feels for them and having that capability to, to, to tweak it and control it. Um, the only other like reco I would have is like, Ex, you know, keep experimenting around with the controls because eventually you're going to want to try the pro pro controls and do things like leading targets and things. And you can also manage your ammo more efficiently if you're playing that way. So, um, so those are just some of my tips. But you know, main thing is just rack up some some time in the game, and you'll you'll get a feel for it quickly. I love that. I have to say, one of the things that really surprised me was just how different the weapons would feel. Because again, that was something I wasn't hugely expecting on, on mobile was to really feel a definite sense of, you know, the different weaponry. So I absolutely love that, you know, as you said, you do get a feel for, for what's going to work best with your playstyle. I That's my favorite thing. I, I absolutely love, you know, carefully picking my loadout. And so, certain maps, right? In certain yeah. maps, also, you know, you might change your loadout because so the, the cool thing is, depending on the map, um, you're, you will probably have a very different loadout. And over time, you unlock those. That's part of the player progression is you unlock additional loadouts and you can just, you know, stack those up with um, different, you know, perks and with different, you know, abilities. And there's a lot of different ways you can configure yourself and, of course, cosmetics. But at the end of the day, it's all about that weapon and, you know, how you've tricked it out and what types of attachments you put on it. Yeah, it makes me feel amazing. <laughs> so the so we've we finished our section. I've I've asked all the questions I'm allowed to ask. Now I'm going to hand over to the audience. So we've uh, we've had a couple of of questions come in. Um, so the first one, uh, I'm also very interested in this is how do the audience demographics uh, vary from console to mobile? That's a good question. I mean, the the audiences are although there's definitely some overlap you know i think our mobile players are bringing in a, a lot of new players that are new to the franchise and so we we feel like you know on one hand we already know this audience really well but then all, all of a sudden we're bringing in a whole new people who play predominantly on mobile as their 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 primary device and i think that would be one of the biggest differences that's not so much a demographic thing as it's like a behavior change but you know demographically um, you know, it's, it's, it's not entirely different. You know, we have a little bit more of a, uh, even split male, female, and that sort of thing. But I think it's, um, it, it's really all about the play style and what's your primary platform. And most people are, their primary platform is mobile when they're playing Call of Duty mobile. So another question is, you know, obviously we're starting to see support for controllers. And so do you find that that creates balance, balancing issues between trying to make it feel right for touch and controller, or do you just kind of prefer one or the other? Um, there, what I've found is like people who don't play a lot of mobile games tend to prefer trying the, the controller. 
Um, but folks who play a lot of mobile games get really good with the, the touch screen. And we certainly spent the most time, that was the most, biggest challenge is getting the touch screen controls just right. Um, so I mean, the, with the controller, it, it maps so nicely to things that, that Call of Duty has done well for a long, long time that isn't as big of a challenge. Um, so I think they're just, they're just different. It's like what your preference is. And I think when you move to any new platform, I can remember I used to play PC shooters and eventually they came to, cons or to console and that felt weird and different for a moment in time. And now more people play you know, on, on console. So um, with moving to mobile is similar. You know, it's gonna feel different if you're used to it a different way. And going with the control, uh, the, the physical controller peripheral uh, might help that transition better because it's more familiar. Um, but I think you end up playing it more if you get comfortable with the touchscreen controls because you can stick it in your pocket, you can go to the bus, you can go in line, you can go out to eat, you can take it to work. And it's a little bit trickier to do that when you've got a controller you're also bringing along with you, although I'm sure some people do. <laughs> Those committed gamers, yeah. <laughs> so um, we also had another question that's fantastic, which is, do you balance the game in the same way as you balance traditional console uh, COD titles, or does it have, you know, do you need to balance specifically for mobile? I think the progression tuning and some of the things like that are definitely more, they're, they're, they're different on mobile. Um, I mean, even our seasons are different on mobile, right? So that, that kind of monthly cadence on seasons is, is different than uh, what's in a console and PC. And that's just trying to, you know, tailor the experience to what works best for mobile players. And wherever we see that opportunity, we'll, we'll take it. Um, things like weapons and, and, and those types of core things are very like Call of Duty. They're just kind of like cherished Call of Duty things. That, you're gonna see a lot more similarities there. So we apply the same philosophies and techniques. And then ultimately, if your movement speed and certain other things are different on a mobile device, which they are, um, then that's going to have a you know, downstream effect on how uh, the tuning works and what feels airtight and what feels COD. So it's not so much like copy and paste numbers from one game into the next. You really got to get the feel to be right. Um, but in some areas, I think it's, it's more different and more diversified than from the console experience than others. And next question, I'm not sure isn't actually just from somebody at BAFTA because it starts off with BAFTA is all about technical excellence. Is there one particular element of the title, UX, textures, etc., that you think is key to the success of the title? Hmm. Wow, it's hard to pick just <laughs> one. Um, it's kind of like how all those pieces come together for me. It's, I mean, you can have the prettiest texture or the best soundtrack or the you know, the highest polygon models, but it's about getting the right kind of things to click, like that recipe to taste just right, which might mean it's not the most polygons or the highest, it's like, it's, it's the perfect combination of those things. So I feel like the technical achievement, and this is like the, the kind of nexus of technical and, de and design, is how those pieces all come together. And that's the part that's super hard, and um, you know, just working on games for a long time, like I, you can have like one thing that's like, you know, better than anything, and then but it doesn't. The game's not better than anything. It's it's how all the other pieces kind of come together. Um, so I mean, I, I'm definitely blown away by how it looks, though. I mean, and that is a lot of things all all happening. You know, there's atmospherics, there's lighting, 
there's you know the way the the models are are rendered and created and how they're constructed to begin with um all those things like are, are really impressive to me but i think it's it's honestly it's it's, it's this how it all comes together is one thing and it's at a consistent level i think hitting consistency is probably more important for the overall experience to seem awesome than hitting one vector i think that actually leads quite nicely into our next question when we're talking about uh the kind of the elements coming together so well and that they all need to be you know of a, a very kind of particular level which is do you see this proliferation of triple A titles on mobile as a growing trend? Do you think it's something we're going to see more of? I do. I mean, it's just given the success, you know, it's, it's what tends to happen, right? I think the <laughs> challenge is it, it's a heavy, heavy lift, you know, it's, it's very difficult to bring something like that. So that's, that would be the thing that slows it down. But I, I would not be surprised at all to see more AAA um, you know, projects from other platforms adapted to mobile. And as more players are, are, are more comfortable with kind of real-time mobile controls, you know, it used to be the very casual experiences were really the only thing that worked in, on, on mobile. And they're certainly the easiest UX to, to, to feel right. But now people are starting to really get a feel for higher fidelity, higher intensity, experiences and it's kind of changing everything. So uh, another question that I'm really interested in is we were talking customizable control schemes and somebody's asked, are there any fairness issues with allowing those? You know, do they get matched in the same games? Just something I've never thought about before. That's an excellent question. And it's something we certainly uh, talked a lot about. Our, our solution is uh, in a case where it does make a difference because some at some point a change might make a difference and if it falls in that category it, you do go into a separate matchmaking pool and the line for us on that is uh the the physical controller peripherals so if you are playing with a physical controller um, and not a touch screen uh, you get matched with other people that are also playing with that uh, control peripheral and that seems fair um, i think moving my you know button for grenade isn't, I don't, I don't know that's an advantage that we would ever change the matchmaking on as an example, you know, so that kind of thing we wouldn't change, but, but the peripheral device is, is one that we do actually match it differently. So another question is um, thinking back to kind of when you started, what were the early issues that you needed to iterate on? What were the first things that you put in and thought, okay, this needs a little bit of work. Wow, I mean, it, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, it, just really decide committing on what kind of game it's ultimately going to be. I mean, there's one, there's the, the aspiration and the, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? And then there's like getting to a point where it's actually practical and, I, and, and, and you can believe it's going to happen. And I think there's a period of time where maybe one of the hardest things was um, getting that level of, of confidence that we could pull it off and that it could be done. Um, so there were times in the earliest days of, of this project where it was maybe going to be a different type of game. And, and some of that is just because of how, <laughs> how daunting of a task and um, trying to, to deliver the, the no compromises Call of Duty experience. And if we couldn't do that, then it was going to need to be something a little bit different. It was going to be, you know, need to be purposefully a, a different experience. And so Maybe that was the hardest thing, um, 
but I mean, we sort of covered it a little bit where it's, it's about things like the controls and, and getting that stuff right. Um, we, we had various you know, technical challenges, creative challenges, lots of things over the life of the project that I think any game has. And Call of Duty Mobile had its own um, share of those. Uh, but that's game development. Yeah, that's, that goes goes along with the course. I think I think maybe just the ambition of the title was uh, created some of the most interesting challenges early on. And so we've had a couple of questions that I'm going to combine into one, which are essentially, you know, what's next? What's next content-wise? What's next on the competitive scene? What's next in terms of uh, in terms of player feedback and and your kind of constant iteration? What is next for Call of Duty Mobile? Um, well, the immediate what's next is uh, the, our new season, The Forge, uh, which I welcome uh, you guys to all try. Uh, it has this kind of a post-apocalyptic post uh, theme to it. Uh, there's a new mode, uh, Juggernaut, um, which is pretty cool. So it's like a you know PvP boss fight kind of thing. Um, we have High Rise, which is an amazing map that uh, if you've played Modern Warfare 2, you, you probably know High Rise. And if you haven't, it's a really good map. <laughs> Um, so, um, so excited by that. Uh, there's obviously the, the new battle pass and you can you know, earn stuff just by, you know, for free. And then of course you can unlock the, uh, the premium pass and get, get even more stuff. Uh, so that's kind of the immediate. And, but what, one of the things I'm super stoked about is our one year anniversary is coming up in October and we're really going to go crazy there. So the planning for that has been going on for a while. And if you've not tried Call of Duty Mobile, it'll be a really good time to check it out. Maybe check it out now so you can kind of get your reps before we unleash that thing. Um, but uh, if, you've, if you are playing right now, uh, there's some cool stuff in store for the first anniversary. And I, all I can say is it's gonna be our biggest season by far. Um, and there's some really, really cool stuff happening to like the core, the, the core stuff in the meta that you love right now. And if you're you know going through that, uh, weapon progression and stuff. There's there's some really cool stuff to come on that that uh, the team is really really excited about, and they'll kill me if I say anything more about it. But um, yeah, that, those are the kinds of things we're leaning into soon. Fantastic. I'm going to finish off with one question that I am very selfishly, as the host, going to sneak in. And I guess because you know I've I really loved hearing about this process. You know, this game is a BAFTA award winner. It, it, it I think it, it's safe to say it really has kind of blown people away. It is that cod experience we know we love we grew up with but you know in my pocket for me to take everywhere so you know what's the single most valuable thing you think you've learned from translating that to mobile from kind of launching this brand new version of a beloved title anything is possible i mean that that's that's really the the takeaway because it, it doesn't seem like something that was feasible you know, uh, you know, especially the, the, the further you rewind in time, the less uh, feasible it, it, it seems. And then, you know, in, in getting to where it is now, it, it, there's a huge audience. We're super humbled by uh, the fact that, that so many people come and, you know, play, play in our playground every day. Uh, we're doing everything we can to make sure that it's the, the best place they can spend their time and, and come back to. Um, and you know, honestly, the, the, it just—it seemed like maybe this was too crazy of an idea to pull off at one point, and, and that's my learning. Um, so uh, we, we'll keep that going as we think about what's what's next in Call of Duty Mobile. It's like you know, anything is possible, and we'll, we're going to keep pushing the envelope. I mean, last month we just added like a ton of space under our battle royale map. I don't know for battle royale players, 
the Call of Duty mobile version is pretty cool. It's got, you know, recognizable Call of Duty map locations stitched into a huge environment. And we just expanded it uh, with like a half a dozen new locations. Uh, that's the kind of thing we're just going to keep doing is keep ex you know, expanding the experience, expanding the world. Um, and, you know, uh, who knows what will be next. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we packed so much into that. I, you know, I really, really, like I said, enjoyed hearing that process. It was, you know, something I was, as you said, it seemed impossible when I first heard it was coming to mobile and you totally pulled it off. So it's been really incredible to hear how you did it. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. And, you know, for the whole Call of Duty team, we're so you know, grateful for the, the BAFTA recognition and, and, the, and the players. And thank you for having us on. Um, we look forward to seeing you in the game. Well, if you are watching and you haven't played, please do go and play Call of Duty Mobile. It is absolutely fantastic. Whether you are a Call of Duty veteran, whether you are brand new to it, I promise you it's very forgiving when you start. It really does hold your hand and walk you through that experience. And if you, if you know what you're doing, if you know, like me, you're a total pro, definitely, you know, you can, as we said, customize it. You can play exactly the way you want to. So go out try that game but thank you so much for joining us here today some really fantastic questions you kind of put mine to shame thanks very much for that everybody in the audience but this was another fantastic masterclass from BAFTA we've got lots more coming up for you this one will also be available to watch afterwards but that's all from us here today so thank you very much for joining us thanks for joining us and remember you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org